another Black Window Cream episode on a Wednesday. What the fuck? Yep. We're back with another Black Window Cream episode, ladies and gentlemen. Normally, we drop one episode every week, specifically on Sundays, but our new goal is to produce two podcast episodes every single week, starting two fucking day. So from now on, every Sunday, we will have a new interview with the creator with loads of accomplishments. And every Wednesday, we will be doing a solo episode prepared by my dog, David Malave, a.k.a. Dave Malave, and myself. Um, we're going to be diving into different topics and ideas relating to content creating. So, yeah, this is a new thing. So, wag. So, our Black Window Cream private community is thriving with almost 4,000 members. Each and every one of them are in the community sharing their work, offering tons and tons of tips and tricks. They're also asking each other a lot of questions. Lots and lots of fucking questions. So, our goal is to deep dive into some of those questions that we see being asked in the Black Window Cream community and hopefully spark some new ideas and approaches that you can apply to your daily creator life. So, for today's episode, the subject that we will be covering is contracts. Why are they important? When should you apply them in your day-to-day hustle and how can they protect you and help you save time and money? After listening to this episode, please find a way to leave us a review and let us know if you like this idea and concept for Wednesday podcast episodes. Feel free to let us know which topic you think we should cover next week. We appreciate that. If you are new to the podcast, make sure to subscribe to us on any platform. We are on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Podbean, anything you can think of just go to bwnc.com slash podcast for more info and uh if you're not in our private creator community we would love to fucking have you it's the illest community on earth so just join it by going to bwnc.com slash join yeah we would love to have you all right that's it enjoy the work week keep creating make sure to subscribe to black window cream podcast on any platform you can comment on every episode on youtube and leave a review in uh itunes in the review section that helps us look lit and then uh this thing starts to grow so that would be cool and without further ado i bring to you our first wednesday episode ever and the most epic podcast intro ever created right motherfucking now attention if you stop this podcast recording at any time you will die i don't want to die do you want to live You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding, you won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Goes to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you'd say that. Okay, so in the current music environment, there are so many eager creators willing to do whatever it takes to shoot shows for an artist that oftentimes these creators are accepting gigs before solidifying the terms of the agreement. The exact rate, how many hours they will need to work, the exact deliverables that they will be required to produce, how many revisions they will be willing to provide, and the list goes on and on. This leaves these creators completely vulnerable because there ends up being no legal recourse for those creators to enforce limitations on the client or require accountability that they pay for the work that they have asked for. So what happens? Either you're lucky and you get paid, but only after having significantly outworked your rate, or worst case scenario, you end up spending months waiting for unfulfilled invoices to continue being unfulfilled until you finally say, fuck it and give up. Now, I'm sure some of you have experienced this before. For instance, Blake Bolzano had posted this in the Black Window Cream community a while back. He said, need some advice. A bride contacted me in April to shoot both video and photo at her wedding, and I quoted her at $1,500. Cheap, I know. Her mom just now contacted me today, months later, to put down the deposit and was surprised to find out that I had raised my prices to $2,750. 
Is it wrong of me to stand firm at my current rate or am I obligated to honor the price I quoted her at even though it was almost a year ago? Think of this analogy. When you go to the store and buy a shirt, you get a receipt that shows the proof of what type of shirt you bought and how much you bought that shit for. If two months pass and you still haven't worn the shirt, most stores will still allow you to return the shirt if it still has a tag and hasn't been worn, right? Now, if you show up to the store with the shirt and a receipt, the store knows exactly how much you paid for it and must honor that price in exchange for store credit. However, if you don't have a receipt, the store won't take your word for it. Instead, they will honor what the price of that shirt is worth today, which oftentimes is less. So say you bought a hoodie during winter and now you're returning it for store credit at the beginning of spring, that shit's probably going to be on the sale rack, so it's going to be cheaper. So in this case, the receipt is the contract. Blake is the store and the bride's mother is the buyer of the shirt. She is returning the shirt to the store much later after the value of her purchase has changed without a receipt. So technically, Blake is not obligated to honor his outdated price. However, both would have been better off if it was a written agreement and that was made ahead of time. All of this can be very confusing and frustrating. The truth is businesses, brands, and managers are almost always going to do what's in their best interest. One of the primary concerns is to minimize costs and they will do that shit at any cost, pun intended. If there is no legal bind forcing them to be accountable to pay, then they are going to be incentivized to be slow with the payment to free up funds from other objectives or worse, just never pay. Now, this isn't always true about all clients and this is not to sit here and say that everyone's going to fuck you over. What I am trying to say to you is that you can't trust anyone out here in these motherfucking streets. Most clients are focused solely on the end product and how much it's going to cost them. They aren't going to be looking out to make sure that your end is guaranteed or that your compensation is truly fair with the amount of time you spend on the project. You just have to set yourself up with a proper business agreement to protect your time, energy, and money. Most people, including myself, have no idea how to write a fucking legitimate contract. But likely you have a family member or a family friend or a college friend who is a lawyer or familiar with law. Plus, there are plenty of resources out there to find template contracts that you can tailor to fit your needs. And to be honest, as a person who's been fucked over several times for not having contracts in place, it may be worth it to invest the money to have a lawyer create one specific to your needs. I'm going to sneeze. Hold on. (coughs) And even if you don't have a contract up front, you can still take the proper precautions to protect yourself by clearly defining the terms of the agreement before accepting a gig. For example, and most importantly, always leave a paper trail. I had a job a few years ago and um, made an agreement over the phone with this person to do the job. I spent my time and my energy and a lot of long hours. I even spent my own money, did the job and ended up being shorted like several thousand dollars. I, I go back to kind of talk to this person about getting the proper check. And when I asked about it, they asked for proof. They said, do you have an email or anything that kind of highlights that we had negotiated this price? I'm like, it was a it was a person that I was familiar with. We we're friends, and and I didn't think this would happen. And I was like, we had spoke about this over the phone, and they just kind of went back and pointed out, like, hey, if we don't have an email about it, then we can't really outline that true price. So for now, this is what you're gonna get. And I never saw thousands of dollars ever again. I never got that money back. I argued for it. I fought for it. I never saw it again. So always leave a paper trail. That's a super, super important piece to this puzzle because you can use that as proof and and do what you need to do with that. Another example is to define the rate and the amount of hours it covers or a daily weekly rate. However, you need to kind of set up your structure of how you're going to get paid, but outline the days and the amount so that you know exactly where you're going to get. 
One question in the Black Window Cream community came from Dylan Nenard, and he said, I'm working with a guy who is getting the videos I've made from him on entrepreneur.com, but having some issues with him not giving credit and uh, delayed payments. So before I do any work with this person, again, I think I need a contract. Does anybody have a sample contract that they use for clients that they'd be willing to share? So one thing about this that's interesting is you kind of need to outline um, what you're going to be getting in return when you're creating this content. Are you going to strictly just get a check? Are you getting a check and you're hoping for a social pull? So if you're working with a magazine or if you're working with an online distribution center or if you're working with an artist or celebrity themselves, outline up front what you need exactly. My name is Ben. I'm going to take your concert photos. I need to not only get my check, but I would like to also have my Instagram handle at Ben Rivers World in the caption and tagged in the image or you know, if it's a video, get it tagged in the video, etc. But make those things outlined up front so everyone understands what you need for it. That's a, a social currency, so that's very important to fight for. Another good example is clarify the payment terms, cash, check, Venmo, PayPal, however it's going to be, clarify that up front. Set or ask for a specific payment timeline. Net 30, net 60. As soon as those deliverables are sent, how long is it going to take for you to get your check? And if you don't know a net 30 or net 60 or net 90 is, I didn't know either when I first started working on one of my big jobs at the A Sports. I didn't realize that they um, only paid 90 days after the final delivery was sent. So whatever our project was, once that final video was done and we closed out the project, it would take 90 days for my check to come to me. So imagine if you are going to do a job and you're getting paid $150,000 and you're what you say yes to doing it, you commit to doing this job and they're and they're only paying you net 90, you could fuck yourself by not having the budget up front to spend the money to do the job because if you have to hire a crew to shoot your videos, if you have to hire, you know, whatever it is to do your photography, you spend all this money, that's coming out of your pocket. So if you don't have initial investment, sometimes you can't take those jobs and that's just how it is with certain companies, but definitely make sure to outline the timeline of when you will receive your money. Clearly define the number and type of deliverables that you will be expected to produce. You never want to get stuck in that situation where you're overproducing and creating too much shit and it becomes this drawn out thing where you're just not making enough money for the amount of work that they're making you do. It'd even be smart to add a price for revisions, just outlining how many revisions you're willing to do and how much it's going to cost to continue doing revisions beyond that point. Not only will these things help save you from being fucked over and over again, but this will also help you come across a million times more professional and will allow you to command higher budgets and rates for yourself. The key is to communicate as a legitimate business person. When you communicate in a direct manner and present yourself as if you've done it a million times before, psst, even if you haven't, commissioners, managers, brands, agencies, or anyone honestly with money will be more receptive and more confident to pay you what you are asking for and take you seriously. By doing this, you will land more jobs and you will secure higher rates for yourself. Look at it this way. Many established creators often strike a deal and get signed with an agency. A good example would be the last podcast episode that we uploaded on Sunday with Beyonce's photographer, Robin Harper. Robin signed with an agency and is now able to focus more on the creative and allow them to worry about negotiating terms, rates, deliverables, copyrights for his photos, and so much more. Now, for most of us on the come up, we may not have agencies knocking down our doors to sign us and you know, I don't know if we're ready to give up a percentage of our money to allow them to do that for us. So we need to act as if we have one already. Learning what agencies and managers would do and then acting those out will help you create a standard of professionalism that cannot be fucked with. One story that I could tell about this is one of my friends that is a professional... I'm not going to say what his career is because I don't want to give away who it is, but he does something professional and he travels for it and he gets paid to do it and that's what he does. So this person will you know, 
he likes to do what he does and not have to deal with his clients directly about the money because when you negotiate terms and money and travel and hotels and all these things that you need people to pay for, it gets kind of weird. It kind of fucks up the brand of what people do. So one thing that he did as a tool because he couldn't afford for a real agent was he faked one. He made a fake account, a fake email, all these things to have this other person run and operate his business for him and make it so that he didn't have to do the negotiation anymore. It was always behind the curtain with this other person that dealt with all the money. And so the client would deal with that shit. And that's how he got by for a long time. Um, and that just, you know, it saved him a little bit of money. He already was going to do it either way, but it also alleviated him from having to feel awkward or put any weird tension when talking about numbers with the client. So there are ways to work around not having an agent and representing yourself in a professional manner. It's just a little bit of thinking outside the box. P.S. One solid tip to not getting fucked over that can't be overlooked is simply making yourself deliver the absolute best product possible. That paired with being excellent at communication with the client at every step of the process and being receptive to their notes and criticism as gracefully as possible will make the experience working with you smooth and enjoyable, which at the end will for sure either lead you to getting hired back or recommended to other clients. Sometimes you do have to overwork yourself to make a client happy. And a lot of the times that will end up being worth it. But just make sure that you have set yourself up in the best possible scenario beforehand. And there is no reason why you will not fucking succeed. All right, that's it. Have a good day. Bow, bow, bow. That's it for our first solo episode. If you found this episode helpful, please let us know in the comments. Um, if you have a topic that you would love for us to cover next Wednesday, please let me know. Join our creative community by going to bwnc.com slash join. Subscribe to Black Window Cream Podcast on every channel. And make sure to tune in this Sunday for a new episode featuring Post Malone's photographer, Adam DeGross. This dude's story is fucking... It's, it's crazy. All right, I can't talk anymore. Uh, I'll see you guys Sunday. All right, see you later, you bitch. bitch.